0: to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a special guest. Her name is Nancy Badillo. Uh, She's from nancybadillo.com. We're going to get into Nancy's story, which is very cool. She's been around the block um, in, in all the areas of making money online, doing marketing, helping other people through digital courses. We've got a lot to talk about. Nancy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: The entrepreneur origin story is often kind of interesting and something happened. There's a, there's a, usually a catalyst where people are like, okay, I need to make, I need to figure out how to, I need to make some money. I think I want to do it online. How did you get catapulted into this world? <laughs> I'm
1: telling you, I got pulled into it because in 2007, when the market hit, like we had the financial crisis, I was young then I was like 24. I just had bought my first home. And the financial crisis hit, and I was trying to save my house. I was losing my home. I had to stop um, going to school because I was paying for the par university out of pocket as well. Um, I, I was working at Valley's. That's, that tells you my age. Valley's the gym back in yeah. the day. <laughs> so i went making a significant amount of money to almost like 15000 a year. Like They went through bankruptcy at that time as well. So I got hit pretty hard. So I was Googling online about how to make money online. I've heard about it before, but it wasn't like now, you know, now, now, you know, people, the resources, course, there's so many courses. You could take so many free trainings. You could just go to YouTube. Back then it wasn't, there wasn't that many resources out there. And the few that were, were very expensive back then compared to now. So I remember just Googling it and obviously it didn't happen for me. I lost my home. I went to bankruptcy, (laughs) I went to foreclosure that followed me for 10 additional years, you know how it follows you in your credit. So I went through all that. But in the course of all that, I kind of fell in love with it. I remember like I made a penny and I thought that was so exciting and I was like nothing, but I made a penny and then I just kept with it. I I was doing jobs throughout the years, um, but I did my side hustle was trying to figure out how to make money online. And back then I didn't have focus. We didn't have the resources we have now. So I did try a little bit of everything. I would do freelance. And then that got me burnt out because I'm doing a full-time job and trying to work with freelance people. Um, I was doing blogging one minute. I'm a PPC specialist one minute. I'm, I'm an SEO specialist. The next minute I'm trying to sell things on eBay, trying to figure that out, but nothing was really working. I did start making money through affiliate marketing. Um, which now is one of my biggest income streams. But um, back then it wasn't, right? I would make 100 here, maybe 50 here. But with all the little courses that I took or any type of um, training that I took, I was always on the negative. I didn't make enough to quit my full-time job. But that's how it started. It started with a hardship. It started because I was trying to search, like, how do I save this house? How do I make more money? And that's how it started for me.
0: That's awesome. If you, if you're uh, the earlier version of yourself was here today and you were advising this person and they're, you know, they're trying to figure it out. They need to make money online. They're trying to do it. And there's all these different things they could do. You know, maybe courses isn't the best place to start. A lot of this audience is really into courses. Like if somebody, what's like the fastest, easiest way for people to Or what would you recommend if somebody's just like an option overwhelm and they're trying to figure out this online business thing? Where should they start?
1: So the first thing I always say is know your why. Understand why you're doing it because you have to really understand your why. So therefore, when you go through the months that you're not making any money, because first you're going to be really excited and then you're going to hit that wall that you're not making money. And then you're going to say this doesn't work and you're going to want to quit. So if you know your why, the outcome of why you're doing it, It's going to help you keep going through it, even when things happen or when it doesn't happen for you at that moment. The second thing I highly recommend is if you do end up trying different things to see what you could stick with or what works better for you, that's okay. But once you find something that you're either passionate about or or passionate about the outcome that you're going to get from it, stick stick with that. A lot of times when we see other people doing good on something, we're like, oh, let me try that. You get that shiny object syndrome. And when you start doing that and start doing too many things, you stretch yourself too thin and you don't get results. So the biggest thing is find something that you're passionate or something that could become a passion that, you know, you kind of enjoy it and you're trying to learn as you go and then just develop those skills and stick with it. To be honest, a real business, a profitable business can take up to 24 months before it becomes profitable. If it becomes profitable for you sooner, then you got lucky because for many of us, it doesn't work that way. And especially if it's your first time having an online business, it's so much to understand. You're a solopreneur. You wear so many hats from marketing to creating the product or creating whatever you're creating from um, having consistency, from time discipline as well, not getting distracted by so many things. Um, So I think the biggest thing is, Find something that you're passionate about or that you would like to become passionate about. Stick with it. Give it enough time. Become an authority within that specific niche. Put your blinders, right? And don't start jumping on. I, I hear a lot of people say, I'm going to do TikTok because everybody's blowing up there. Or, I'm going to try to do this. Stop trying to jump on things that are viral or you think they're viral building a a sustainable business for the long run is not jumping on something that you think is viral and it's going to help you. A lot of times things that go viral don't really help you anyways. So that would be my best advice. Just stick with it and give it enough time. And if it doesn't work out, then you could pivot to something else. And that time frame that you spend is going to be enough experience for you to make the other business even better.
0: That's awesome. What and, and I agree with you hundred percent around, I call it the valley of despair. Like those two years you are talking about, uh, like, like it's pretty that. exciting at the beginning, but it's going to be a rough ride these first two years, especially if you're kind of doing it on your own, you it's, it's, it's really challenging. So that passion and alignment with who you are needs to be there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's talk about affiliate marketing. You mentioned a lot of um, your income now is, is, comes from that. One of the benefits of affiliate marketing is you don't have to create the product. What? How does one get into affiliate marketing these days and, and how do you get uh, people to your affiliate links?
1: So for me, it's a little bit different because with affiliate marketing, when you hear it online, a lot of people are like, affiliate marketing is super easy. All you got to do is have, throw in some Facebook ads, send them to a landing page where they click and then from there it takes them to the product page and that's all you do. I did try that way and it really didn't work for me because a lot of the stuff that I was promoting are stuff that's like make money or stuff that's for more on my niche of people that want to build a business online. So I was getting a lot of like, you're about to get your account suspended from Facebook, all that stuff. So what I ended up doing was I have a whole separate niche aside from my Etsy and my digital marketing, which is health blog. A health blog that I have. And then what I've done in the last four years, taking me four years to build up this blog, is that I create a lot of content on that blog. I create a lot of content and I add Amazon stuff. I have my affiliate, my high end affiliate products that are high ticket that I make money from. So I do a lot of Pinterest blogging, and that's all I do. I don't run any advertising. Now, for the month of um, January, was my highest month, 37,000. Now, the last two months, I struggled a little bit more. I know it's because of the economy. Everyone is seeing that effect. Um, So hopefully next year or the year after that, because I I believe me might hit a recession, but hopefully not, right? Um, It'll go a little bit smoother, but I'm still making decent money from it. But I'm using more of an organic approach because when I was doing more of the Facebook ads, it didn't work out for me. I know many people that do it that way, and it does work out for them. But for me, what I found easier is through blogging, to be quite honest. And when you do evergreen platforms like podcasting, YouTube, blogging, it's the best way to grow a business, whether you do an affiliate marketing or you're promoting your products and services because of the fact that it's evergreen. People are searching for this. You create searchable content and you're going to start driving ranking. And eventually you go from barely any traffic to um, I think I'm about 600,000 per month on views. So it does work. You just take a little bit more time because you anytime you grow something organic, it takes like triple, triple the time compared to when you're running ads for sure.
0: So it was four years to overnight success.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you said it perfectly.
0: And that's really cool. I mean, um, some of the people watching here are experts, you know, and they're thinking about making courses, but also writing and creating all this public content is great. How much um, like how much how often do you, would you publish a new blog post or piece of content on this affiliate blog?
1: Well, now I'm up to four pieces per week because I was trying to like continue that momentum. Um, but when I first started, to be honest, I was just doing two per per month,
0: just two per two, month?
1: because I was like, although I was a first time parent, I was, I just had started my YouTube channel. My husband went through cancer, had a tumor in his brain. So it was a lot, it was a lot of things I was doing, like a lot of moving pieces, but now I've been able to do a little bit more and I actually do two, which is the list products. Like I'll say, um, I don't know, 11 essential essential vitamins that you should have. Right. And then the list product, the list blog articles are easier to write. Cause it's just like. You're just dropping the products and the ones that have a little bit more content I actually hire someone to do the work for me. So that's why I, to write for me. That's the reason yeah. why I'm able to do four. I'm doing two and then they're doing two. So they're doing the long form content because I'm not a writer. And then I do the ones that are a little bit shorter that I don't really have to worry about it so much. And I also use, it's like a cheat sheet. Um, there's this tool called Jasper. It's mm-hmm. on AI. I, I'm sure you heard of it. And, is $30 a month was so worth it. Because if you're not a writer, or if you want to speed up the process, you could just type in vitamins, and it actually creates your introduction with the keyword. And then you could do like the outline of it. And then you could do the conclusion. And then I just fill in the middle. So it's really simple. Um, You learn these things, right processes and systems. um, With a lot of work and dedication and consistency, you start learning how to create a blog post that maybe took you like three days in the beginning to do that you could do it like in one day but that comes with time and practice basically
0: that's awesome can you give if somebody's thinking like hey maybe i'll get some help and try to outsource some writing how much does that cost per article roughly would you say and and where's it where do where's a good place to go to find writers
1: I went to Upwork and I got lucky that I found this gentleman that did the, um, he actually did my editing for my course originally and he's great. Um, but before that, even at Upwork, I had a little bit of a bottle of trying to find someone um, that would do a really good job versus just like very generic. Um, but with him, each article is 400. I don't think that's too bad um, because other people have told me a lot more. Um, so I've been lucky, but I know that it fluctuates depend depending on the person's experience. There are people that write for Forbes and those people will charge you a lot more. So
0: that's cool. You mentioned your course. What's your course creator story?
1: So my course creator story, I mean, I'll tell you one that's really interesting, how you self-sabotage yourself. So when I started, so my first year on XC, I started an XC store. Let me back up a little bit. I started it as another testing of, let me see if I could do an Etsy store and make money from it. Because the year before that, um, I had gotten engaged and someone told me shop on Etsy. I've never heard of them before. I'm not a kind of girl like knitting and I don't do nothing like that. Handmade. I've never done anything like that. So I don't think I would have ever shopped there before until now that's more popular. So when I went in there to buy stuff for my wedding, because I'm a marketer already, And I'm thinking about how to make money all the time. I'm like, how is these people making six figures with digital products selling like printables, like wedding printables? So that's where my idea came in. So then I did it, and because I didn't know what I was doing, I just did Word document. I did quotes from movies, lyrics, song lyrics. Did a PDF. Well, did a a, a wrote a quote, "This Girl's on Fire." Saved it as a PDF and sold it on Etsy. Then I got trouble for infringement, right? Because I was selling stuff that I'm not supposed to be selling this copyrighted. so then I switched to the wedding niche but my first year that's I just want to be realistic with everyone you are going to make mistakes my first year I made 21,000 and then the second year I made 86,000 now mind you I was able to make that money not because it was overnight success but because before that I spent nine years trying to figure this out and I already had a lot of experience with With growing organically, I did that already. I was already working for an ad agency for five years as a digital marketing specialist. I had even went back to school and got my bachelor's and master's in business with a minor in marketing because I told myself, if I cannot make money online, I'm going to work in this field because I loved it that much. And that's what I'm telling you. When you are passionate, things will happen eventually. Hopefully, with now with all the resources, it will happen a lot quicker than when I started, obviously. But that's kind of how I got started. So then I ended up saying, okay, I'm going to do a course and teach people how to make money with digital products on Etsy." But you sometimes self-sabotage yourself because you feel like you're not good enough. You feel like no one's going to pay for this. So I ended up doing a course, 18 videos, and I gave it for free on my YouTube channel. Instead of selling it, I decided I'm going to give it for free and see how people react. And everybody loved it. And then I felt like, why am I doing this for free? Right? (laughs) So then I decided, okay, I'm going to do the course. I'm going to add more to it. By then I'm on my third year of XE. I've made even more money and I have all the stats, all the proof of it. So then what I decided to do is in those three years, I was already building my credibility online. I had niched down as an XE coach. I'm creating Videos after videos after videos on my YouTube channel, I'm establishing myself, establishing my credibility. So that was there already, but I wasn't monetizing my audience because I didn't believe in myself. So the minute that I did that, the minute I said, okay, I'm going to create a whole new course. And this time I'm not going to give it for free. And I did the outline and I put it on teachable my first, um, 30 days, I made 52,000. Oh, when I put it out and I, cause I already had a huge email list. I had, a, I'm giving everything for free. I'm doing, I did three years of free XC critiques. I gave so much value. I'm doing videos, videos after videos, like put it this way. Four years later, I have 800 YouTube videos. That's how much free content I have given. That takes so much time. My competitors have like 60 videos <laughs> with the same followers, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Right. But I learned a lot from it as well. So that's kind of how I started. And then even though I made like 52,000, I remember my job let me go on February 24th of 2020 because of COVID. March 24th, 30 days exactly. They called me and they were like, Nancy, you know what? We love you. You're a great employee. We want you back. We got like a small, small loan business approved. So we can only get certain people. We want you back. I think when they had called me, I had made already like 26,000 around there. Cause I, I um, launched my course right in the middle of March. It was like March 10th, I think. And I remember saying to myself, should I go back? But I made 26,000 and I, I had to literally talk to myself. Like I was talking to my son, Jordan and say, if Jordan came to me and said, mom, I made 26,000. Should I go back to this job? I would have been like, heck no, you <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. So th- that's literally the conversation I have within myself. I quit my job and then I never looked back, but that's kind of how it started. A lot of self-sabotaging for sure.
0: <laughs> wow, what a cool story. Um, <clears throat> so you're, help me understand the niche a little bit. Like, so th- the YouTube channel and then this course focus on help helping net, uh, Etsy creators, right? Mm-hmm. Is it only Etsy digital product creators?
1: In the beginning, yeah. In the beginning, I started... it was was called the Arts Printable Exi course. So it was all about digital products. But then what I realized was that the first four modules, I talk about how to build a memorable store, how to do market research, how to do um, keyword research, how to do SEO. I'm like, well, that applies for both digital and physical. It doesn't necessarily have to be digital. So what I ended up doing that eventually, I changed it to the Exi Mastery course. And then what I ended up doing is adding the, arts printable course as a bonus for those that want to learn how to do digital prints. So now is more of a course for anyone that sells on Etsy, no matter what niche, because I knew that I was losing revenue just marking it. Even though I would tell people, no, just buy it because everything else applies. People just see the name arts printable, but they sell jewelry, so they don't want to buy it. So I had to rebrand it again and redo it and kind of structure it different. But yes, originally it was for digital products. Now it's open for everyone.
0: And one more niche question. I, I've shopped at Etsy, but for not for digital things, what are people selling that is digital on Etsy?
1: Oh, there's so many things. You could sell stickers that are digital But what does I, that I,
0: mean? What is somebody who buys that? What do they do? Then they gotta go print it somewhere, so, right?
1: Exactly. So you could buy you could buy sticker paper from I at Home Depot. I mean at Office okay. Depot and print it at your home from your comfort of your home. Or you could go somewhere like um Kinkos or, or um, Costco, and they print it out for you. Um, they sell coloring pages. They sell activities for kids to do, like their ABCs, um, wedding principles, birthday invites, um, wedding signs. Um, what's other <laughs> digital? Um, financial planners. Wow. Pretty much anything that is basically in electronic form, ebooks. Um, I do digital invites like party invites that you send through your phone. You could do YouTube stuff like YouTube templates, like YouTube art, social media templates, um resumes, I mean everything. That's just just to kind of give you a little bit of variety right there.
0: What a cool niche. Let's let's talk about your YouTube channel. I noticed you just crossed 100,000 subscribers. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> when when did it start? What year did the channel start?
1: I started it December 2017. So, it'll be 5 years this December. So, it's about a four and a half years right I started.
0: And if I understood you right, the um the YouTube subscriber base was also a big part of what you were able to sell your course into.
1: Of course, yeah. YouTube has been the best thing that i've ever done in different ways um i make i mean last year i made forty thousand just from youtube revenue
0: is that uh just just uh partner ads or whatever
1: yeah that's just from that and i know for many people they say don't focus on that because it's different for everyone it just depends on the view like obviously you get paid for if somebody watched the full view of your video then you make more money than people that potentially um, you could have more subscribers than me and make less than me because people are maybe are not watching as frequent so it's just more based on views not based on the subscriber count but it's been a really good platform for exposure for brand awareness um, like I said earlier when you post in there I have videos that are four years old that people are still watching it's still giving me exposure and then You take advantage of the bottom of the video in your description box, where you put affiliate links related to your niche and products that you sell, or maybe other channels that you may have. But again, another story for you guys, um, for anyone listening that wanted YouTube channel, when I originally started it, I knew YouTube was something that I wanted to do. The, The issue was, is that I'm an introvert. So for me to get on camera, I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I sound. I get nervous, even doing this right now, I'm nervous. Maybe you could see it, maybe you don't, right? But to be honest, that was the hardest thing for me. If you go back to my channel, I cringe. The videos are horrible. Um, The content was great, but the video were horrible. Um, I didn't even do the editing correctly. And on top of that, for the first, I wanna say the first year and a half, it was screen shares. I'm behind the scene. Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. Hey, and I think I did a few here and there where I show my face. Um, I think I did like maybe four or something like that. But the minute that I told myself, okay, I'm just gonna start recording my face and talk to the camera. The minute I did that, that was a game changer for me. I think the first video I did that had the most comments I've ever seen. And everybody was like, oh, there you are. Oh my God, I, I, I'm so excited to see you in camera. So um what I realized is that when you do video, if you if you are talking in the video, it's going to be more personal for that person than a screen share. I think what saved me is because I didn't just do one video a week of screen share and that was it. What saved me was is the first three years of my YouTube career, I did over 160 free critiques. I was providing so much value and free, not charging anyone, that even though I wasn't showing up on the computer itself, people appreciated that. And that helped me grow credibility. But if I would have done it sooner, I probably would have grown faster also.
0: That's so cool. Uh, Just quick tactical question. Do you do your own um, cover graphics?
1: Oh, yeah. You could tell I do them myself. I mean,
0: <laughs> I can tell I was like, these are cool. Oh, these are really? eye Catching. Do you use oh, Canva or what do you do?
1: I use Canva. Yeah. I've, yeah. Originally, I was using Photoshop and then I got into Canva and it was like Canva forever. Um, but if you go, I'm always constantly changing them because I'll do something. And I'm like, oh, I think this is cool. And then six months later, I'm like, oh, it looks horrible. And then I do it again. But the difference now with my covers compared to before, if you scroll back, you'll see that none of them have photos of me. Yeah. And there's a few of them that do, but that's because I have updated it like lately.
0: <laughs> it, yeah. it wasn't
1: there before. Um, but yes, I do my, my thumbnails using Canva. It's super simple, to be quite honest. It's user friendly for anyone that maybe feel like they're not tech savvy. Um, it's just the best platform to use not just for YouTube, but for everything, for your business in general.
0: That's awesome. I noticed your videos, they range in, in views. Like some are like single digit thousands. You have a lot, 30, 50,000. And then I come across this one that has 544,000 how to start an Etsy shop 2022, the right way. What, what affects like, and I know like sometimes it's fine if you're in a tight niche, you have a smaller view count, but then you hit something and you really hit a nerve and it goes big. What's the, what causes videos to have more views than others?
1: So I'll be honest with you guys, because I want to be transparent. Originally, when I started my channel, when I talked, I wanted my channel to be the go to channel for Etsy. So if you want to learn like how to change your XE banner, I have that video. If you want to learn how to add a new listing to your store, I have a video for that. If you want to learn how to do a coupon for your listings, I have a video. So that's what I was doing. But what I didn't realize is that those, I'm already in a very small niche, XE, right? Yeah. It's very micro niche down. On top of that, when you create videos on how to change your banner, you're not going to get a lot of views. Right. Eventually you may reach 2000 and it's like two years later, but you don't get a lot of views. What I've noticed was that whenever I talked about how I made a hundred thousand the six, last six months or how I made how I make passive income or how I make money with affiliate marketing. what I realized when I was doing those videos, those were getting high, high um, mm-hmm. views because um, I guess other people that want to maybe transition to XE or transition into affiliate marketing will watch them. And because of the fact that it has how to make money, mm-hmm. that's what I noticed. And I was thinking like a good tactic would have been, let me create more videos of that and stay away from creating generic videos. But what i learned is that I easily became bored. I didn't want every video to be, I don't know how many videos I could pull out with how I made 400,000, how I made 200,000 or here, how I made 20,000. It just, to me, it just became like, that's not the point of my my channel, even though my competitors are doing that. I didn't wanna do that no, no more. And I tried it for a little bit, and I decided I'm not gonna do that no more. Now, the last few videos that you see that fluctuation, I'm actually testing out YouTube ads. So, mm-hmm. what I do now is I'm running ads and I'm noticing the same thre- trend that the videos that talk about how to make money through digital products or templates or um, anything with passive income tend to do a little bit better. And the videos that's more of my story, like, how hard it is to be an entrepreneur, but how you could push yourself. Those videos don't perform that great, unfortunately. I think a lot of people, as much as a lot of people say clickbait videos are the worst, people still watch them a lot for some reason. They perform (laughs) better. Um, So what I'm trying to do now is not focus on vanity because I was focusing on that at one point to the point that I was kind of changing my strategy and just talking about digital, digital, digital products all the time. And what I'm trying to do is just, Let me not focus on vanity. Let me focus on providing value. And even if one person got that value from that one video that no one else is watching, that's okay. And that's what I'm focusing now. But I do, I am testing out ads. And that's why you see that fluctuation so much at the end versus before that it was a little bit more consistent. And then when I did talk about how I made 200,000 then it went up really high, but now it's like all over the place. But I think it has to do with the ads. I'm just testing different things just to see what takes just to learn
0: what's your um like your 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 videos per week schedule and then how do you figure out what to make videos about like what's your process there
1: so I try to make at least one to two videos per week I am a single parent right now because we're in the process of moving so the last 10 months I've been a single parent so it's been like the toughest thing to do to manage a toddler that's like a hurricane right now, like 24 seven and then try to run my business. But I try to do one to two, but I am consistent. I've been consistent since the day I started. So if you're not going to get two, you're going to get one every week. So one to two, week, two a week. And the best thing that you could do, which I was doing really, really great. And I kind of fell off the last month because I had a, a family a family member that passed away um, is creating content pillars. And what that is, it's just taking, so if your niche is XC, like me, right? Just to give you an example, you take four or five subcategories that you want to talk about and you rotate between them. So for me is digital products because that's how I started. And I love digital products. So when I make those videos, and not necessarily for a clickbait, it's because that's what I sell and that's what I love. So digital products, passive income, because I, I do make passive income. Um, I talk about XC tips, and then mindset, those are my four kind of like core videos. And then I throw in like a Canva or an affiliate marketing video because Canva could be used for small business owners, XE sellers, and I teach them how to do different things to market their business with it. So then what I do is I alternate between those topics. And then another really, really great thing, if you don't know what type of videos to put, I want to say, I I'm, might be saying this um, opposite, but I think is ask the... um askthepublic.com i will have to get that the address for you but i believe it's askthepublic.com it's a website where you go if your niche is i don't know jewelry and you don't know what to write about you could just type in the word jewelry do a search and it actually gives you questions that people are searching online
0: and I just gonna- looked it up. It's answerthepublic.com.
1: Answer the public. I yeah. knew I was saying it wrong. Answerthepublic.com. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. really great tool. I think you get three searches per day for free. So it's enough because if you do three searches, you get about like 30 questions. So you just type in your niche. Like you could type in XC tips and then it tells you like all these questions that people are asking. How do I grow on XC? How do I get sales on XC? How- and then what you do is that's a video. How do I grow on XC? That's a video you could talk about. How do I get sales on Etsy? That's a video right there. How do I get more reviews on my Etsy store? That's another video. And it'll give you so much content that you're never going to run out of content. And then you do that for every subcategory that you picked. And now you have 30 questions for this one, 34 mindset, 34 Etsy tips, 34, I don't know, passive income, right? And then you put that in the spreadsheet and you kind of scratch it off as you go and you just create content.
0: Wow. I actually just did a search in there. This thing's blowing my mind. I'm saving that for later so I can focus on you, but I think that tip was worth the price of admission. So that's answerthepublic.com. Thank you, you're Nancy, you're for that one. You're
1: welcome. And just use the three for free if you don't have the budget right now. They yeah. You three searches for free and it's enough to get enough content. You'll get about 90 videos from the three searches.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I noticed Uh, your videos are many most of them are like less than 10 minutes what's an ideal or what have you learned around video length and um you know what what's a general target
1: i feel like a lot of people have i have read and, and listened to so many bloggers and youtube creators that say 10 minutes is ideal okay but if you look at some of my videos that are longer they perform pretty well yeah like some videos I have are like 40. I have one that was like an hour and a half. I don't know what I was thinking. It's like, um, 50 mistakes to avoid on next or something like that. It's on my main trailer. And that one has gotten the most views organically and the most comments organically. And it's super long. And I did that in, in the middle of the heat in a car because I was trying to get away from the house because I couldn't <laughs> record a video because too many people in the house making noise. <laughs> and it's crazy. It's like, what are the best videos? And I didn't, I'm not even in the, in the video. It's just me talking on a slide presentation. So what I've learned is if you do a video that doesn't require a lot of content, then make it around less than 10 minutes. But if you're doing a in-full tutorial about something, as long as you make it educational, I do think you could go a little bit longer and people will watch, especially if they're into whatever you're teaching. But if you're doing 10 minutes of just talking about yourself or 10 minutes of like the, your introduction is too low, too long, people would drop off quickly. That's another thing I noticed about minds. I was talking too much in the beginning. So now I try to get straight to the point. It's unfortunate because sometimes I feel like I want to say, hi guys, welcome back. Like I want to like greet people, but I'm like trying to rush through it because I know if I take too long, they're going to like leave because you see it when you check your analytics, you see people dropping off, like right in the beginning. I'm (laughs) like, God, you didn't even give it a chance. (laughs) So it happens to me a lot and I'm working on it. Honestly, feel like when you have a business, you're forever growing and learning and trying to adapt and what works for one platform doesn't work for another one. And um, that's another thing I've learned. I used to try to drive my traffic from Instagram to my YouTube. And what I realized is a lot of people use Instagram, but they hate YouTube. A lot of people love YouTube, but they don't use Instagram and vice versa. So what I try to do now is if I do a YouTube video, when I'm promoting it on Instagram, I try to make it more instagram Um, like share it there and then kind of say, if you want to watch the rest, go back to my YouTube. I try to give a little bit more than I used to. I used to say new video, go to the YouTube channel, but that doesn't really work. So it's about learning, adapting, looking at your analytics, seeing what works, what doesn't work. You're always going to be changing. I'm sure the strategies I'm doing this year, next year, I'm going to be like, what was I thinking? And I'm going to be refining it all the time.
0: You mentioned mindset videos um, and I'm curious if you know, like your most popular mindset video and just in general, what, what's, do you find your mindset tip that is most help the entrepreneurs out there? Like what, what, what was that about?
1: So I think the most helpful video is the one that I just talked about the 50, um, mistakes or 50 things I have learned as an XC seller, um, in there, the first tip is, you know, you have to start you, um, you have to, if you want to be great, you have to start, right. It's, um, it's a quote by Zig Zagler. I can't even remember the quote. You don't have to be good to start, but you have to start to be great. That's the quote. So that's the first thing I start with because it is so true. Like your first video is going to suck. Your first exit listing is going to suck. Your first blog post is going to suck. Your first podcast is going to suck. Everything sucks in the beginning. And the more you do it, the more you do it, the better you get at it. So that probably is the most, the best one, I think, because it has a combination of mindset things that I talk about, but realistic things that I talk about, about running an exy business. Um, and what was the second question you asked me?
0: Just what's your, um, what's your biggest tip for entrepreneurs, oh, just I from a mindset perspective? Yeah,
1: I think the there's two, two tips I always give one, there's no failure. You either win or learn. That's it. Because everything that you go through right now in your business, I guarantee you in two, three years from now, if you do make it and you stay with it, and hopefully people will, you're going to (laughs) use, you're going to learn. You're going to be better because of it. So that's the first tip. Um, The second thing is adversity has a lot of valuable insight. All the adversities that I have been through before even starting my journey um, as a digital marketing specialist in my life and everything I have gone through in the last 13 years trying to get where I'm at now, which is really scratching the surface. I don't even know, know where I want to be. Um, so adversity gives you a lot of valuable insights. A lot of times we go through adversities with our business and even personal stuff, and we don't realize how blessed, how you could find a silver lining in there, how you could find something that would definitely help you.
0: That's great. Um, <clears throat> a lot of digital course creators and digital entrepreneurs um, you know, I advise to do YouTube work, and, but also Facebook groups. I know you've, you've had some success building out a Facebook group. Tell us how you did it and how you monetize it. Or yeah, like how does, I, I know a lot of people want a Facebook group and it's hard, but you pulled it off. How'd you do it?
1: So originally how I used to grow a Facebook group, a lot of people will disagree with me and say, Oh, why would you do that? That's a lot, but I'm just going to be transparent. When I used to grow a Facebook group, whether it was for me or for a client, um, I used to do it for Mercedes-Benz, is that I will join other groups yeah. that are relevant to my group. So let's say I join another Etsy group, right? So then from there, I will be friends, right? Add friends of those groups. So Mary connected with me. We connected. I will add her as a friend to my account, right? To my profile. Joe connected with me. Let me add just as a friend. I answer a question. I gave value. They're like, "Oh, thank you, Nancy." I didn't know that. I added them as a friend. Why? Because they're more at they're more likely to go ahead and and accept the request. So now I'm adding. It's a lot of work. I'm adding 20 to 25 people per day, right? So now I'm up to 5,000 Facebook friends, and I don't know nobody. But you know, get the point. <laughs> so then you open a group and you invite your friends to that group. Because these people are relevant to your niche, they're going to follow. And so in the beginning, it takes a little bit consistent. If you're growing a group organically and you're not doing ads and, you're, and you don't have an email list and you don't have an online presence, this is the quickest way to get people in the group. Addition to that, when you get them in the group, you need to set up questions. The first one is have them, ask a que- have them give you your email for some sort of lead magnet because now you have them in your email list. In addition to that, I ask them, what is your Instagram account? Let's be friends. I go to Instagram and add them there. Why? I want to keep them in my ecosystem. So now when I post on Facebook, they're in my group. When I post on Instagram, they'll see my posts hopefully, right? And if not, I could do remarketing campaigns. I could go and like their, their posts, they, they go back to mine. And because they engage with mine, now I could do a remarketing campaign and show whatever I want to promote 24-7 to them. And I'm, and I'm keeping them in my ecosystem. Plus I'm doing all this organic stuff like YouTube. So now they're seeing me everywhere and that's how you do it. So originally I would do that for uh, maybe a month or two. And then once you start getting traction and you start getting people commenting and posting and, and you do live videos in there and you do stuff like that and your, and your engagement is growing, Facebook starts promoting it for you. You don't have to do anything after that. It's almost like a snowbot effect. So like my group is up to 91,000. It probably would have been 130, but you know, you got to remove the spammers. You got to remove like people that are just there for the wrong reason. But if it wasn't for that, it would have been like even bigger, but it's about 91,000 for years. That's not bad. And it's quality people, you know, people that are interested in your niche, not just random people. But after that, Facebook takes care of it for you. And you go in there every day and you got one day, you got five people per day and then When you least expect it, like now I get like 60 people per day, you know, on a good day, 30 to 60, let's say on a good day. But, you know, you get what I'm saying. You automatically, you get emails automatically for free. You get new followers and new connections as well. Um, So that's how I I do it. That's That's my advice. A lot of people don't like that because they're like, well, you're adding these people. It's a lot of work. I'm like, yeah, but. You know, a lot of people don't accept your request. You just cancel it later. Sometimes you do become really good friends with these people as well. Um, It's just a strategy just for a certain time to kind of grow that account. But or you could do it just organically, just creating a group, posting a lot of content and just waiting and promoting it outside also, not just leaving it on Facebook, like telling people on YouTube, hey, join my group telling people on Instagram, by the way, we have a group promote, promote, promote everywhere you promote your business, cross promote. You have an email list, send them a link.
0: Do you, um, does YouTube and Facebook, do you use like kind of YouTube and Facebook together? So for example, when you're done on YouTube, you've uploaded a video, you optimize the description, and everything. Do you go share that YouTube video and Facebook in the Facebook everywhere,
1: group? Everywhere. I got a link <laughs> group. I got two Reddit groups. I have, everywhere that my audience is at i'm at now i will say this it can it become overwhelming for people yeah the other day we had an update XC had an update i did a video with a toddler Shared the video did an email (laughs) list in an hour my husband's like you did that in an hour i'm like yes i did i know (laughs) it took you seven days but i want to be the first um, exe coach with the news out there. I don't want to yeah. wait till one of my competitors was like, On Friday, we're going to be talking about this. I'm like, Uh uh-uh, uh, girl, I'm going <laughs> to talk about it right now. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. So, when you're, when you have so much experience, it just becomes easier to kind of do it. In the beginning, you might feel overwhelmed. And what I tell people is, even though I am everywhere, It is, it really does overwhelm people because what they end up doing is not using the platform the correct way. So if you're just posting on Pinterest, but you're not optimizing your Pinterest account the right way, you're just another Pinterest user. If you're just posting on Instagram and and leaving, you don't have a community, you don't do anything else, then you're not using it intentional. So it's just better for you as a business owner when you are starting out to have one dedicated platform. So I always recommend your business, and it's something evergreen, like blogging, YouTube, podcasting, um, Pinterest is evergreen because it's a, it's a search engine. And then having email marketing, those three should be enough for you to blow up your business because I've done it before. I did that with my Etsy business the first year and that's all I did. So you could do it. And then eventually, once you have systems and processes and you're bashing out your content and you feel comfortable Um, And you know that you're using that platform to the best possible, right? I'm not an expert in every platform, but I know I use it to the best possible. Once you see the growth and you're getting traffic and leads and conversations, et cetera, then you can say, okay, you know what? I'm going to start promoting now on Instagram. I'm going to tackle that. I have these things set in place. I have automation set in place. I have systems set in place, right? So now I'm going to do this. So that's what I recommend. But for many people, I want to make sure I say it. It is worth promoting in all platforms, right? Because the more you promote it in different platforms, the more exposure your content, your YouTube video will have. The issue with that is many people get um, tired because when you post on Instagram, you got to optimize it for that platform, the picture. And when you post it on Reddit, it's different. And when you post it on Facebook, it's different. And when you do Twitter, it's different. And when you do Reddit, I mean, I can't even think LinkedIn is different. So a lot of people get overwhelmed with it. And over time, they give up. Because they're doing too much and stretching themselves too thin versus just focusing on two or three and then working up to those additional ones if you want to. You don't necessarily have to either. There's a lot of people that are successful and they just have email marketing, an Instagram account, and a course. And that's it. It just depends on the type of person you are as well. I like, I like doing it that way.
0: Wow, that's those are some pro tips right there. Nancy, um, (laughs) one of the things I admire about you is your um, your, your heart, your work ethic, your, your open-mindedness to like fail or, you know, even cross the line and be like, oops, I violated some term and I got the company reached out. I got a chance. I can't do that again. Or to go back to old videos and maybe the ones that are getting the most views and update the graphic or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. just hear a lot of continuous improvement and hard work. Where does that come from, 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 you know?
1: I don't know, because <laughs> so I grew I'm adopted for my grandmother and I grew up in a home that they have fourth grade education so it's really hard for them we always had an apartment we never had a home we never had vacation Um, we struggle my grandma lived off welfare Um, we have government cheese government everything in my house and that's how I grew up my husband's like the opposite of me private school perfect English I you know Um, I struggle with everything, Um, my learning, like to learn things, it takes me a while to learn things um, because of my background. And I think um, growing up in that setting, um, I did have, it did have its pitfalls and it did uh, hinder me, but then it also gave me like good strengths. Also, it helped me to see something like I want to do better. I want to do better than my my grandparents. I want to have more things. I want to be able to offer my son more things. And even though I wasn't like the smartest or the prettiest or had the best resources, I always been that type of person that I just hustle and try to figure it out. And I think it stems from my background. I think it stems from, you know, living, you know, I never had a bedroom when I was little. I used to live, sleep in a pullout couch on the kitchen. Um, I think it just stems from that, that I didn't want to have, I wanted to break the cycle basically. I wanted to break the cycle and I I think that's where it comes from because I, I, I don't know it, it that's where it comes from.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Thanks for sharing that. No uh problem. one other question as a uh I'm like you, I'm an introvert, but sometimes as a marketer or a content creator, I come across like an extrovert. And and sometimes as an introvert, when you look out across the internet, like YouTube or social media, it seems like everybody's extroverted. Yeah. But, um there's a lot of introverts out there and a lot of awesome introvert entrepreneurs what what advice do you have for the introverts out there
1: man us introverts (laughs) are the best (laughs) (laughs) I think um honestly like I remember Mm. when I was like I think I was like in middle school and I did a Harriet Tubman um I memorized the whole thing it was like a presentation and it was my first time and I had a dress like her and everything and I was talking And I remember the rush that I got from it. And that was the first time I realized that, oh, I kind of like being, I kind of like doing presentations. But then throughout the years, I never did that again. And then now that I'm older and I'm doing videos, it it does get me nervous, right? And I think a, a lot of my nerves come from my own insecurities. I don't speak perfect English and all these other things that play in my back, in my back of my head. But I don't know, I feel like, with time as an introvert with time the more you do it it does help you a lot i mean after 800 videos it's helped yeah. me i kid yeah. you not and it's like if you go to my first videos horrible i don't even have energy i'm like hi guys like it's <laughs> fine. i thought i was had energy right i thought i yeah. I, I was like bubbling but I really wasn't because I'm not a bubbly person, but many people think I am. Like, they look at my feet. They're like, "How? I don't think you're an extrovert. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> like you said, a lot of us um, introverts are the ones like killing it. It's crazy because <laughs> the introverts are killing it more. And there's some extroverts that are doing wonderful too. But if I feel like the introverts are the ones killing it more um, because we understand. We understand that um, you have to kind of be extroverted. Obviously, you can't go on the camera and be like, hi, guys. And, you know, it's all about energy, basically. Like that song. I love that song, Energy. But <laughs> I forgot the name of the song that I wanted to talk about. But anyways, it's all about energy. I feel like the more you do it, the more you put yourself out there, the easier it will get. A lot of people tell me, I want to do YouTube. I can't do it because I'm an introvert. I'm like, just do it. Because you, you um, videos is the future. If you look everywhere. His video. I mean, even Facebook now got Facebook Reels, LinkedIn got a, a form of Reels, like everybody got Reels now. It's like, it's the future. So you might just well get used to it.
0: <laughs> I love that. And you know, a lot of the entrepreneur work is lonely work. So and if an introvert, you know, you sit down on the computer and maybe you're doing social things on the internet, but you're actually alone at your computer, which is where you get energy at being an introvert, being more withdrawn or alone and then exactly. that kind of thing that's a superpower too
1: yeah that's what i tell people like um if i'm around like even now like after i'm done with you i need to like decompress
0: <laughs> I the <don't laughs> yeah.
1: podcast today yeah. i need to go sit down eat something and just like decompress because that's how we recharge we yeah. really do um but for anyone listening i'm um, just do it because i don't know what is about us entrepreneurs even though it's scary to speak in camera even though um, we need that recharge, even though I do better in, in in larger than small groups, it's weird, right? Larger groups do better than small. The small want to talk too much. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> even though we feel that way, when you actually do it, like when you actually do a presentation or you do a YouTube or a video, or you do a live or you do one of these um, where you do a podcast, you feel good. Is weird. It's the craziest thing. Like you feel, like I want to be, and I'm putting it in the new universe. I want to be a transformational speaker. I want to be like Mel Robbins for anyone listening. And for me to think that big, being an introvert, it's like, what? I want to do that where she has to talk to small groups and large groups and be everywhere. As much as, as terrifying it is, it's very rewarding. That's what I'm trying to say. For me, at least. I don't know if you feel the same way.
0: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with you, mm-hmm. Nancy. this This has been an awesome conversation. Um, you've added so much value to the um, to the listener and the person watching this. Can you share whether somebody's you know interested in the Etsy thing or want to follow along as you, with you on your entrepreneur journey and your online entrepreneurship uh, tips and everything? Give us the website and the social medias to go for people to go find you.
1: Okay, so I'm going to give you my website because when I started my business 13 years ago, I didn't do the social media handles the right way, which is okay. have the same name across all, don't okay. have to like I do. Yeah. So <laughs> the best one is head over to Badillo, com, and in there, you have all the social media links in there, you have my YouTube channel, my blog and everything else that I teach online. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. That's Nancy Badijo1313 at the end. So just in
0: case. Nancy, thanks for coming on the sh- show and sharing all your wisdom and your story with us. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it. Bye guys. Have a wonderful day.
0: And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.